the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. President Biden looking to reverse course and considers sending Ukraine M1 Abrams tanks. When the Americans send the Abrams tanks, that opens the door for German tanks. California introduces a wealth tax which forces people to pay years after they leave the state. They're doing all these things to pursue people to fill this deficit that California now has. Walmart increases their hourly wage to $14 an hour. So many companies like Walmart having a very tough time getting the workers they need. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, January 25th. I'm Mike Scott. The Biden administration seems to be considering a reversal on their position to send tanks to Ukraine. According to reports, the White House is on the verge of approving sending more than 30 M1 tanks. It's a major reversal. The Biden administration now prepared to announce they are sending M1 Abrams tanks to Ukraine, according to three senior U.S. officials, a move designed to end a rift in the alliance supporting Ukraine. Germany has suggested they would not provide their own tanks unless the U.S. did the same. The Abrams is the main battle tank for the U.S. military, and Ukraine, which relies on Western military aid, has been asking for them for months. But they require weeks of training, are difficult to maintain, and the U.S. The U.S. has to provide a version that does not include sensitive equipment, leading U.S. defense leaders to resist sending them. Officials say the announcement to send a couple dozen Abrams tanks could come as early as tomorrow, but stress the decision is not yet final. The tanks would take many months to actually arrive in Ukraine. White House officials say details are still in the midst of negotiation, but have implied that the tanks could be authorized under an upcoming Ukraine security assistance package, which also includes longer-range weapons. The potential announcement comes as the alliance supporting Ukraine is expected to see a move by Germany that will approve Poland's request to transfer German Leopard 2 tanks to Ukraine as well. Brigadier General Pat Ryder says the M1 tank requires intensive training. Any time that we've provided Ukraine with any type of system, uh, we've provided the, the training uh, and sustainment capabilities with that. Ryder also explains that the M1 tank is a complicated system. The M1 uh, is a complex weapon system uh, that is challenging to maintain, as we've talked about. Uh, that was true yesterday. It's true today. It'll be true in the future. Um, again, uh, without getting into hypotheticals, uh, any time that we've provided Ukraine with any type of system, uh, we've provided the, the training uh, and sustainment capabilities with that. Reiner says the U.S. respects Germany's decision on whether to supply tanks to Ukraine. Germany's decision whether or not to send leopards is a sovereign decision, and we respect that. 
The Brigadier General emphasized that the U.S. is not shortchanging its national security needs in order to help Ukraine. Secretary Austin is very confident that we're doing the right things to ensure that we can sustain readiness both now and into the long term, while at the same time supporting Ukraine for as long as it takes. William Taylor, the former ambassador to Ukraine, says the news that America will send tanks is a devastating blow to Russia because it now opens the door for Germany to send tanks as well. This is a this is a very sophisticated weapon. But even beyond that, um, this is a message that has danger written on it for the Russians, because when the Americans send the Abrams tanks, that opens the door indeed opens the floodgates for German tanks to come from a lot of different countries in Europe um, that were waiting for the Americans to send theirs. And so the Germans now have allowed their Leopard tanks, which are on the battlefield that that are in Europe right now and can get to the Ukrainian battlefield quickly. That is the message to the Russians. Taylor explains why he believes sending tanks will not trigger Vladimir Putin to use nuclear weapons. We started off providing stingers um, to shoot down low-flying aircraft and helicopters. We're now, I think you pointed this out, we're now sending patriots. Uh, We started out sending javelins um, that would take out individual tanks. Now we're sending HIMARS. So we've gone up the ladder, and, and President Putin has kind of complained about this all along. Um, However, he's done nothing. The former ambassador does draw the line and says the U.S. should never give Ukraine missiles that can reach the Kremlin. We shouldn't give them any long-range missiles to bomb Moscow, but we should give them F-15. Why not? Because we're not at war with with the Russian. uh, We're not at war with the Russians. That would generate a war. There's no doubt. What will not generate a war is the Ukrainians fighting against the Russian forces in their country. And that's what we're providing. Taylor says that America should simply provide the means for Ukraine to defend its borders. What we should do is give the Ukrainians the ability to shoot within Ukraine, deep into Ukraine, where the Russians are, not at at the Kremlin. We're not talking about shooting at the Kremlin. We're talking about shooting at military targets that are in Ukraine that are Russian targets. Potential legislation in California is creating an uproar as it would impose a new tax on the state's wealthiest residents, even if they move to another state in the U.S. John Williams of the Verified John Williams Show on YouTube explains what the proposed legislation would do. California is moving forward in a new wealth tax. They're going to be taxing people that have left California to go to other states, such as Florida and Texas. They're going to be moving forward in this new mansion tax. They're extending the eviction moratorium. They're doing all these things to pursue people to fill this deficit that California now has. They want to go after the rich, the people that supply the jobs. But what happens when they continue pushing forward this regulation? I personally believe what's going to happen is there's just going to be less employers out there hiring employees. The bill was introduced last week and would impose an extra annual 1.5% tax on those with a worldwide net worth above $1 billion, starting as early as January of 2024. The current version of the bill includes measures 
to allow California to impose wealth taxes on residents even years after they left the state and move elsewhere. California was one of several blue states last week to unveil bills to impose new wealth taxes. The other states were Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois, Maryland, Minnesota, New York, and Washington. However, supporters of the measure say the money gained from the new tax would boost funding for schools, social programs, and cut into California's massive $22 billion budget deficit. Meanwhile, many people have been voting with their feet by leaving high-tax states for low-tax ones, and according to recent studies, 10 of the highest-tax states lost one in 100 residents in domestic migration between 2021 and 2022. Economist Jonas Max Ferris says that when it comes to people leaving blue states, he believes it's more than just about taxes. Taxes are a big draw. It's bigger than taxes, though. There's, you know, the whole way COVID played out in many uh, liberal states versus Florida was a big draw. You know, the whole COVID situation, we don't have to go to your office, is a huge thing. I mean, New York City is still much more expensive than Miami, even though Florida real estate is actually going up the highest in rents in percentage terms compared to the rest of the country with this influx. So you have a situation where it's still cheap. If you don't have to be in an office, why not work in Florida? Because Florida incomes are low relative to property prices. It's actually one of the most expensive real estate markets. So, But if you can work remotely, then why not live in a place with nice weather that doesn't restrict your travel and all this other stuff that was going on in other states? And then there's the perception of crime. I think that one's kind of overblown to people because not it doesn't really jive with the statistics, but there are other factors here. Danielle DiMartino, CEO of Quill Intelligence, says that in her opinion, the intense regulation in California has prompted it to see a decline in population for the first time. Yeah, California was uh, entered as a state in uh, September the 9th, 1850. Last year was the first time that it actually saw a decline, a contraction in its population. And in low-tax states, friendly states, where you can count on education to be independent of, of any kind of influence, where the rule of law is, is, is respected, California um, will lose, New Jersey will lose, New York will lose, and, and Texas and Florida will continue to have growing tax bases, which is important. DiMartino goes on to say that people leaving blue states and moving to red ones should leave their politics in the state they left behind. Among Texans, we, we we're concerned there's a license plate that says, don't California, my Texas. And, and the thing is, if, if people are moving here to be safer, to have in, independent education, in order to have a lower cost of living, a better way of life, politicians who actually listen to you, uh, if, if that's why you're moving here, then leave the politics behind where you, you know, fr from your home state. And, and I, I think that if, if, if that subject is lost, then we're going to end up making these states turn from purple to blue. That would be a disaster. While some California lawmakers believe they can punish wealthy people leaving the state, critics question the proposed legislation's legality. Even some have already labeled it outright unconstitutional. On Tuesday, the Justice Department, along with eight other states, filed an antitrust lawsuit against Google, hoping to crack its alleged monopoly on online advertising. According to the suit, 
The Justice Department alleges that Google plans to assert dominance in online ads by eliminating rivals through acquisition. Attorney General Merrick Garland says the Justice Department and eight states have filed suit against Google. We alleged that Google has used anti-competitive, exclusionary, and unlawful conduct to eliminate or severely diminish any threat to its dominance over digital advertising technologies. Garland explains the allegations against the tech giant. First, Google controls the technology used by nearly every major website publisher to offer advertising space for sale. Second, Google controls the leading tool used by advertisers to buy that advertising space. And third, Google controls the largest ad exchange that matches publishers and advertisers together each time that ad space is sold. Garland says the government alleges Google has a monopoly on online advertising that hurts advertisers, consumers, and even the U.S. government. For 15 years, Google has pursued a course of anti-competitive conduct that has allowed it to halt the rise of rival technologies, manipulate auction mechanics to insulate itself from competition, and force advertisers and publishers to use its tools. Retail giant Walmart has announced that it will be raising its minimum wage for store employees to $14 an hour, which is about a 17% increase for the workers who stock shelves and cater to customers. A lot of Walmart employees are getting a raise. The retail giant announced plans today to increase its minimum wage for store employees. Beginning in March, employees will earn between $14 and $19 an hour. A Walmart spokesperson says employees currently earn between $12 and $18 an hour. The increase will impact about 340,000 store employees. That's roughly a quarter of Walmart's 1.3 million workers. The company is also adding more college degrees and certificates to its Live Better You program. The program covers tuition and fees for part- and full-time workers. It's also creating more high-paid roles at its auto care centers and recruiting employees to become truck drivers, which can pay up to $110,000 in the first year. What makes the move interesting to economists is that Walmart, the largest private employer in the country, is among many retailers who are facing weaker sales trends. Those trends have prompted companies like Macy's and Lululemon to warn investors of a tough year. Sayana Smith of Yahoo Finance says that because of inflation, this will help a lot of workers, even though retailers like Walmart are struggling to fill job openings. That adds, obviously, to the inflationary pressure, something that the Fed has been trying to get under control now for some time. But obviously, for Americans, this is huge. This is amazing. This is obviously way overdue when you take into account how much more people are paying this year because of inflation, how many states have not raised their minimum wages yet. So another company here stepping up and raising the wage once again, obviously very good. You mentioned, though, that it's still below some of its competitors, which was stuck out to me because the fact that job openings still so high, millions and millions of job openings here in the U.S., so many companies like Walmart having a very tough time recruiting the workers, getting the workers they need through their doors. I would have thought that maybe they would have raised it I, to 15 bucks an hour. Walmart has also sweetened the pot by adding other perks like college degree and certificates to its Live Better You program, which covers tuition fees for part-time and full-time workers.
Democrats in Congress gathered at the White House to meet with President Joe Biden to talk about dealing with the new House Republican majority and the looming debt ceiling crisis. Daybreak Insider's Norman Hole has more from Washington. The White House has stressed repeatedly that Democrats want Congress to lift the nation's borrowing authority without conditions. As the meeting began, the president said Democrats were eager to talk about what he called extreme Republican economic plans. Biden says those plans apparently include cutting Social Security and Medicare. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is eager to push Biden to the negotiating table. The White House has not yet invited McCarthy for a meeting, but says it plans to do so soon. Norman Hall, Washington. The war in Ukraine has pushed the doomsday clock in Chicago forward. We get more on this story from Daybreak Insider Lisa Dwyer. We move the clock forward the closest it has ever been to midnight. It is now 90 seconds to midnight. That's 10 seconds closer to striking midnight than last year. The announcement comes from the president and CEO of the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, Rachel Bronson, who says, The members of the Science and Security Board move the hands of the doomsday clock forward, largely though not exclusively, because of the mounting dangers in the war in Ukraine. And while there are other factors... We are releasing today's statement in English, Russian, and Ukrainian. It is the first time we have done this, and we hope it garners the attention it deserves in the capitals most affected. I'm Lisa Dwyer. And finally, Utviovic, Alaska, has finally gotten a glimpse of the sun. After 65 days... Without it, the last time almost 4,500 residents saw the sun was November 18 of 2022. The Alaska town, which resides about 320 miles north of the Arctic Circle, welcomed the sun at 1.03 p.m. However, the town didn't get much light as the sun also set at 2.15 p.m. This is also the beginning of a 24-hour sunlight stretch in one town in Alaska. Check out this time-lapse video of the last 24 hours there. Notice the sun never sets, but just skims on the horizon. Wherever you are today, we hope you take in some summertime gladness. The last time the sky is in total darkness for any amount of time is April 23 of this year. Utkiovic, formerly called Barrow, Alaska, then becomes the land of the midnight sun on May 12 of this year. The sun will not dip below the horizon again until August 2nd. Mark Mahaney, a photographer, documents the polar night every year and explains what lured him to the city in order to document its 65 days of night. I make my living as an editorial and commercial photographer and I was really hungry to try to find a project to do for myself Um, and I was doing research and found this headline about this town uh, that was about to undergo enter into uh, 65 days of sustained darkness and I was immediately hooked Hmm. Um, and so I didn't quite know what I was going to do for the project but um, I booked tickets and and I went. Mahaney says Ukiovic is challenging and a strange place. It's about 320 miles north of the Arctic Circle. Um, it's a very, very bizarre place. There's no roads that lead there. Hmm. There's no fresh food. Um, 
<clears throat> other than what is hunted and, and killed, like in whale hunts and polar bear and things like that. And I didn't necessarily have a connection to the town itself, um, but I just wanted to put myself into a situation that was um, challenging, and I, I certainly achieved that. <laughs> Mahaney explains that so many days without sunlight can disturb the mental health of some and says during the polar night, police stay busy. So I was there for the last 12 days, I believe. Um, I left the day the sun came up. Um, It was a very intense place to be. Um, During that time of year in the town, the crime spikes. It's, I I believe, the highest suicide rate in the entire country, Um, like different abuse goes up the uh, local police department gets random calls from citizens saying that they feel disoriented they don't know what time of day it is they don't know the day of of the week it is and so it's a very kind of um energetically a very heavy place um and it was it was i feel like it kind of charged the project for me a little bit um because i felt that heaviness and so, um, but otherwise, it's just sort of a normal town. There's a supermarket, a police station, uh, a, um, a pizza parlor, things like that. Um, but it's it's just blanketed under darkness. And um, so, yeah, it's it's a bizarre bizarre place. It was like landing on the surface of the moon uh-huh. when we touched down in the plane. While the sun is below the horizon. The very low angle of the sun keeps the area in varying degrees of twilight. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.